watch it. Drink it in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Vitics podcast. Just first of all, before we get started, I just want to guess, uh, just due for the fact we didn't have one up at the weekend, we did attempt to record one, but everything that possibly went wrong went wrong, as you'll know, Matt. You were, you were with me while recording it. Yeah, yeah not, um, not the most ideal. So apologies about that, but yeah, hopefully it won't happen again in the future. But yeah, we're back today to sort the hot topics in football at the moment from the past weekend and sort of cover everything there is to talk about. So I'm just Matt, as I just said. Yo, how's everyone doing? Um, well, I am back, guys. Don't worry. Probably our smallest turnout ever. Is <laughs> but, um, we move on, move on. DeMille is a no-show. So, well, hey, big six but, oils right here. It's a little stay off the drink, son. You can't like it. <laughs> yeah, we'll kick straight off, which with probably the supposed game of the weekend, but as always with big six game involving United, it didn't live up to the hype at all. A nil-nil with Chelsea. That's a shocker. Yeah, absolutely shocker. So never sound. But um, a lot was made sort of in the aftermath of about United's approach because obviously that's the fifth nil-nil out of what was it seven top six games and obviously there's been a lot of criticism in Bruno Fernandes and whatever but before we get onto that we'll just have a quick word on Chelsea obviously it's not the most ideal for their points and they had a chance to get into the top four but didn't quite get there but I don't know what what do you think bad result for Chelsea good result for Chelsea? really take them anywhere to be honest like, yeah it's it's all right i guess because they continue i think they're still unbeaten under yeah think? yeah haven't conceded so, the goal at home yet so i guess that's good and it just continues and i think it's kind of the same situation for united obviously different in the united they played every big six game and they've just drawn like yeah they've, they've kept clean sheets yeah they've not lost really but obviously the cumulative humiliating Spurs defeat and obviously Arsenal but it's just it's a bit it's just a bit sideways really if you want to be a true competing team for both really but Chelsea is a bit hard like, reaction was about us but we're the team in second we're the team six points clear of that a draw is a good point for us yeah we played not great and it was pretty boring but like the overreaction I've still math on this it's actually unbelievable I just don't understand like We've been boring against the top six, but nobody even gave us hopes finishing the season. Like we're coming yeah, to the top I mean, four. I think someone summed up quite well, though, which is my biggest thing for you. Um, I think someone said that United will always be like consistent top four team. But you can't see them really challenging for the title, like seriously, like you know, getting so close to Liverpool City, which is, I guess, the ultimate challenge nowadays. But then that's down to the yeah. squad, isn't it? squad ain't good enough yeah. and that's come to the board to give us what we need to actually challenge that sort of with, with the approach sort of thing I think the approach is quite passive though, but what what, like what would you do then it's like how would you say because we haven't got a proper DM to hold down the midfield so we have to play two that's already a problem yeah Bruno is Fernandes really. is completely relied on to create absolutely everything and I'm not saying he's immune to criticism and I'm not surprised that people are trying to come in because his big game thing is sort of the only thing we can use against him at this point. But, like, <laughs> he, he's... Look at our team. We've got Dan James on the right, who I did a bad game, but he's never going to, you know, score a winning goal, is he? Or put a winning chance on a play. So, it's so heavily reliant on Bruno. And with the defence we've got, 
they need to be protected at all times. And I thought the partnership quite well yesterday, Maguire and Lindelof, for a game because with Chelsea's front three of Giroud, Ziyech and Mount, there's no pace there. So it allowed us to play out the pitch a bit more, which is what we need to do. And for the first half, and about from the half well done for most of it, which I was actually quite impressed But you could tell as soon as Pulisic and Werner came on, we had because we were too scared of their pace. Yeah. I just, I don't know, like... I feel like Chelsea's front three was very questionable on the day. Like, I understand what they tried to do. But I think if Abraham was actually left out for tactical reasons, I think he's way, way better than Giroud. Um, and I don't think Ziyech should have started. I understand the reasoning behind the decisions, but I think to get in behind a pretty vulnerable United defence at points, you know, you do want those pacey or tricky players. So I am a bit surprised that, um, that even as... Pulisic hasn't exactly been very good this season, but surprised someone like him or I guess Noel Werner because he's been a bit, bit recently. Yeah, Stephen Werner so. would have caused his problem, though. Yeah. Right from the start, definitely. Oh, okay. But obviously we had, we had not, I wouldn't say a lot of the ball, but we played quite high in the first half. and But we're just too, so reliant on Bruno Fernandes in these sort of games. Uh, what, what, what are we supposed to do? Like... Kante and Kovacic did well. That's what you need, Pogba. So yeah, Kante and Kovacic did well to sort of pick him up. But then you said with Pogba, but even when we played Pogba, is he disciplined enough to play in a two? Mm-hmm. One of the midfielders we have, I don't think he is, personally. Do you truly think, like, let's say hypothetically you sign Declan Rice tomorrow, do you truly think then you can go into these big games way more confident, play Rice as a DM, let's say everyone fit, Pogba and Bruno further forward? Well, yeah, that, that's when you've got what, real that's what we need, isn't it? We need to probably yeah, sort of sit there and... Also, I wouldn't say I'll sit on the fence with Ollie. I'm definitely more Ollie in than that. But I'd like to see him get a chance to have a crack at the league with a capable squad. It's like, yeah. I've said this many people in our squad. Obviously, we need to win silverware. And if we don't win silverware this season, I'll be very disappointed. And maybe we can sit a little bit. I'd love to see him get a crack challenging for the title with a capable score because right now what capable I think he deserves that chance personally yeah um, I, I think the biggest concern though is compared to last season you were so rampant against top six sides I think it's because you know you, you had the underdog's name to yourself <laughs> so it was far easier to surprise teams whereas now teams kind of see you as the, the team which should be win- I hate that I hate, no, to make it, I, hate to, I hate to make it about Liverpool, though, but you've sort of done what we sort of did. In, like, 17-18, we, we were blitzed part. I don't know whether it was a lack of quality in the bigger teams, but we sort of blitzed four or five past them, like, every time we played Tottenham, City, well, never really you, but Arsenal and stuff. And then as we started progressing into a team that started to win things, we started to beat the smaller teams a lot easier and... And play a lot more like reluctant to attack against the bigger teams so I don't think like it's anything that you should be worried about because we've seen it and well, like I think the more quality you add you will be fine I don't on. get the overreaction though because like a draw against Chelsea away is not a bad result a draw against yeah. City is not a bad result a draw against you is not a bad result people just go massively into you know into overreaction and you said <laughs> that you used to ask these teams Mane, Salah and Firmino our exactly. only attacker that's been good this season is Rashford yeah. like, Cavani's yeah. been good when he's played home and he's a massive miss by the way yeah. Martial's been I think it goes Greenwood to show how clutch Rashford and, how clutch Rashford and Bruno have been for you this season and Bob and stuff because when you look at that United team like that United front three on paper 
you got Greenwood, who you don't overly know what you're going to get from him just yet. James, once again, you don't really know what you're going to get from him. Um, for, from him. Cavani kind of the same, and Martial was very inconsistent. So you've pretty much just got Rashford and Bruno who are real difference makers this season. Yeah, I saw, they're huge ones. I'm Rashford quickly. I saw something the other day that um, he, I think he's only like three goal contributions behind Mbappe and like five behind Holland this year. Yeah, so, he's been, he's, been, he's had a very underrated season. And he is one that does typically step up in the bigger games. But my main problem with him a lot of time is when he's bad, he's proper bad. Like when nothing like, comes off, when nothing like comes salary. off for him, yeah. When nothing comes off for Rashford, it's like really, really bad. And I think that's sort of the same with uh, Bruno, etc. I didn't think Bruno was awful yesterday; he just didn't really do anything. I don't think I think Bruno was just anonymous, but a lot of the time in big games, he'll just end up giving the ball away way too much. And I know people have the big game thing against Bruno, but I do think it's justified a lot of the time. Like understand everything goes through him and it's you know it's easier to mark him out the game and stuff but i feel a lot of the time he's, he's i understand playing the same way against everyone but i feel like he does rush balls and play just a bit too risky in games like this but yeah. you you say that though that's the same about our whole team he's the only person to score league goal against top six club this season wasn't that bad no, no yeah, like no, disrespect or anything. we haven't scored an open play goal against top six this season that that, that's the thing though that's why there's the meltdown in the fan base. I completely understand the whole, um, you know, oh, we just drawn to Chelsea, you know, so it's not a bad result at all. But I think the fans are just getting quite worried, especially considering your next fixtures um, of your form against big six teams. I think it's just quite, you know, it's a bit of a cause for concern. It's not like a major one, because obviously you've done really well this season in general in terms of results. But it is worrying conceding, scoring absolutely none. Yeah, of course it is. But it's fine margins, isn't it? Because last season we didn't play any differently, but we took our chances. Like, if you look at yeah. if you look at all the games, for example, that we should have had a penalty yesterday, which we'll get on to in a minute. Liverpool game, we missed two sitters. Against Arsenal, Cavani missed an open net. Like, it's, it's fine margins in football. Like, last season, for example... We had the free kick, which Martial scored, and then we had the McTominay, Edison, City away. We had a flurry chance in the first half, stuck two of them away, and then held onto it. Like, I don't think we're playing that much differently, really. Like, obviously, people are wary of the threat we pose on the break a bit more now than they were last season. But I'll judge it. I'll, I'll judge it on next season. Obviously, I'll have more concerns about Ole if we get a better team in the summer and are still failing next year but I don't think we're going to get a better team anyway next year I don't think we'll get back yeah. to the summer anyway we never do that's where the problem I lies anyway also just, just to pose a little question just before we move on to the VAR topics of the game um, do you not think Spurs you know Spurs absolutely hammering you 6-1 at the start of the season has had a big impact on how Ole does feel for these big six games like instead of I don't know if there's like 20 minutes left instead of going all out for the win he'll be very conservative and no, make sure that, I agree you know, I do agree you know. I feel like that did hurt the club in as a whole like I've never felt that low after a game for a long time after that wow but, and Spurs as well wow you really yeah that's, especially the way they've uh, gone now but yeah no I do agree what you mean but I think a lot of it comes into like what you just said about the 20 minutes to go thing and going for the Going for the stuff like that, but if you look, if you look at the games like yesterday, in a position where a draw was a good result anyway, sort of the same when we played Liverpool at Anfield as well because we were just ahead and everyone felt like a draw would be a good result. I feel like that's been the case a lot yeah. of the time. Like when we when we played, I thought we were above them. Like and obviously same with you guys as well, which I think that one's a little bit different because obviously we're not quite direct rivals this season. But I feel like i be interested to see how we approach again next week because obviously. We are behind them, but they're not really our rivals. Our rivals are 
you know, Leicester, West Ham, Liverpool. That's the thing, though. Like, like when you have, like, United players or interviews or whatever, they'll be like, oh, we want to chase City. But if they do actually have the whole image of chasing City, which I'm pretty sure we all think it can happen and we're fairly sure it won't, um, surely, you know, these draws in big games, I think that's the biggest concern as well. Like, yeah. I don't think you'll ever really get too sort close of, to sort of thing, yeah. first uh, dropped i think it's 12 points in these nil nils and that would have put us level on points for them i think it'd be a little bit different. i think just winning like two even I like think that's such a know. poor way to look at it though because if, no yeah it, because that'd be funny if, yeah. if you hadn't drawn all these games nil nil that would have that would have mean you would have been liverpool you would have been arsenal you would have been at city and you would have been tottenham it's just not really you know no yeah, no, no one completely does agree, but that's just something i saw but yeah i'd i think i'd be a more fuming about the way we approached it if we were the team chasing if you get what i mean yeah so like if we were in chelsea's yeah. position and they were in our position and we played for a nil nil when we're outside the top four i think it's a little bit different we, we but... respect a lot like us next week yeah but we're at we're, we're at home next week but we've got what, against chelsea, chelsea. You, you're chelsea. just beyond i'm intrigued yeah, yeah, so fire ronaldo yeah they're, they're gonna they're, they'll they'll take a draw there they'll happily take a draw there won't they that's sort of yeah. similar situation isn't it yeah yeah. I'm trying to be a pessimist. Oh. No, sorry, an optimist <laughs> right now, to be honest, because I really hope uh, Solskjaer does succeed. I do fear that if we don't win, especially the Europa League, I feel like that's the one we've got to focus on, because obviously it's City tax and the FA Cup and all that, but Europa League is for us. Yeah. If we can finish second or third and uh, win the Europa League, I don't see how anyone can want to progress. I think winning trophies, which is what I think. You shouldn't have been knocked out in the first place. Well, I mean, you know, like you should have, but like you shouldn't have allowed yourself to be knocked out in the Champions League in the first no, place. And no, I, I do think obviously a lot of that is on obviously, even gone to the Leipzig game anyway. Anyway, that's off topic. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, wow. anyway, <laughs> this weekend there was a lot of VAR controversy <laughs> in the league, as there always is. Obviously, the main Shocker. one being at Stanford. Well, not really the main one, but just as we've I'll say the main one's the other yeah, one. Yeah, we'll but talk we'll, about we'll, soon, we'll first just because we were just talking about it. But the handball, and I, I was just. I, you lot all know I don't tend to complain about refereeing decisions, especially when we haven't played well, but I could not believe they didn't give that as a penalty. I don't. <laughs> Especially considering some of the ones I'm that not been given lie, I haven't seen it. I only saw a still picture. I'm so. a bit, I'm a bit of a, I'm in a bit of a weird position with it. When I first saw it, I was like, "That's definitely a penalty." Like, how's that not being given? But then it also, I don't know if it really impacts play much, and it's nearly gone off either arm. But it doesn't matter. But I think he's really. very lucky to. Yeah, that that is the thing. When you hand it in the area, you are asking for trouble. So in that way, he's very lucky. But then in another way, I don't think it's. As soon as I saw it, though, I. I was like, that's a pen. Relevant pen. I don't know. Like, I think, I think a pen probably should have been given, though. To be honest, I just as soon as I saw it the first time, I was in my mindset. I was like, that's a pen. They're giving that. When he didn't give it, I, I was like, it. <laughs> I thought I also tweeted this. I think yesterday. The thing which frustrates me about that, though, now, especially with what Shaw said, I think he may be in a band or something, which is laughable. Um, it it makes me think now referees are going to start giving United the benefit of the doubt again. Because I remember they did at the start. Yeah, and then it changed. Um, like far it's more. actually a joke. Then Klopp like made that, comments, though. and now they've got unlucky. And now Shaw spoke out about it, called out all the refs, basically. And now refs will start, like, you know, giving United the decisions again. I think that's my biggest worry about how easy it is. Thought, apparently. I do think that had an impact, though. I don't think it's a win. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's like, not, mate. I, don't... I mean, when I say Klopp, I just singled him out. I mean, like, managers or people in general talking about United being lucky. I think... 
because you know realistically if, let's say football hypothetically right if football was to be like corrupt or anything refs wouldn't want it to be so glaringly obvious so if if big figures are talking out about it then they would be changing decisions kind of what has happened you can tell united have been far more unlucky like, i think a lot of the decisions which have gone against them would have gone for them early on yeah, this season. Man shouldn't be like that. I, I do think, obviously, there's a couple of one. The Diane goal against us was a bit of 50-50. It could have, could have gone either way. The Sheffield United goal yeah. could have gone either way. But that was the first one I've seen and been like, that's blatant. I think it's just getting all the 50-50s against you. No, I think that's the biggest 50. thing. Getting... I think that's blatant. Some of the handballs that have given this season. I'd say it's 60-40. I don't, I don't quite think it's like 70 But that's an unnatural position, isn't it? 50, 50, like, his arm is in an unnatural position without doubt. It's, by, like, it's out by his side. It's it's a weird one as well though because obviously you can so easily screenshot it you know when it happens and see him literally handling the ball like it's been the basketball or something but that is what is annoying about images and stuff like that but with VAR and how refing likes to be I'm very surprised it didn't get given at the time yeah oh, anyway, yeah we'll, we'll, unfortunately we'll move on to the other well, the other important yeah, VAR this, that this was one is probably my, absolutely embarrassing. It might be the worst like, one. The season. worst I've ever seen. Yeah, I was going to say. I've ever seen. Not even the season. The worst I've ever seen. So, I haven't seen I, this one either. So. If, oh, you need to, mate. Honestly, so I'll give you... I'll explain this for Tay. Okay, and if you're if okay anyone else hasn't seen it. So, basically, Brighton had a quick free kick on the edge of the box. So, no it's no dunk over it. And it, it's similar Sorry. to the one they actually scored at Anfield last season. Yeah. So, apparently, he asked the ref if he could take it. The ref said, yeah. So, he kicks the ball. He, Blew his whistle, didn't but he? the ref blows the whistle again before it crossed the line, and that's why it was ruled out. But I'm not sure why he's blowing the whistle because why did you blow, who blows the whistle? Twice? I think he tried to stop it, didn't he? I mean, for yeah, whatever he must reason. have seen such a constant and stopped it. He shouldn't have blown like, it in the first. Well, he shouldn't have blown it in the first. So... Place, but the fact that he did, Lewis Dunk had every right. Yeah. Honestly, if I'm dunk, I'm absolutely fuming. This interview after the game was completely justified as well. I don't know if you guys heard yeah. it. It was really like, I don't know, you know, he told me I can take the free kick. So I took the free kick, I scored it, and I should, didn't, oh, they, it didn't just, they rule it out for off in the end or something? No, it was ruled out no. because the ball hadn't crossed the line when the referee blew his second whistle. Oh, but like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it seems like the decision only got given against that way, against Brighton, sorry, because of the... Right. Um, West Brom players appealing. I do, I, I do agree, so but at the same like... time, like forget Brighton for a minute. You say, oh, because of the um, West Brom players, um, like appealing. It, if that stood, they would have been so hard done by. Like, oh, if I'm Johnston, yeah, I'm absolutely fuming as like, well. It, it, it's I like think, the ref is it, just, just so incompetent. The referee's like, made a mistake, hasn't he? I mean, I feel like I say that every week, but he has made a genuine mistake, like, hasn't he? He's not checked. But my biggest thing is, how do you make such a mistake? First thing you do before you take a free kick, watch your keeper. Mm. All right, his keeper aligned his wall. Cool. Is a player under the wall if they want that? Cool. He, was, he was still on All the right, post, dunk. wasn't he? Keepers. He was still on the post well. if, the, if the keeper's already aligned his wall, right, and then again, he tries to again, then that's his own fault, right? Yeah. But if he's already aligned his wall straight away, um, that, that's instantly when the free kick should be taken. Why is it? But quick, why quick is free kicks have always been a thing, though. Like, obviously, now everyone's going to be alert to it. But like, yeah. hasn't been one in a while. They've always been in the game. I know it's completely different, like entirely, entirely different. But um, <laughs> but by that logic of how that got disallowed, surely like Trent's goal versus Barcelona. Oh, it's, it's taken too quickly. Like, you don't need the you don't need the whistle for a corner, do you? It doesn't make sense to me. Like. No, I suppose. But yeah, it was such a such maybe a not. Number. 
It's, I'm going to say the same thing that I've said. I'm going to say the same thing that I've said hundreds of times now on this pod, off this pod. All that VAR has done is expose the refs for how bad they are. Mm. Like, because for example, I will so, give credit though, which I'll talk about later. In, uh, in in the games, they they got it completely spot on for our games. I'll talk about that later. But fair play to them for, for that. But yeah, it's very rare, is it? Has to get it spot on. But for, for the for the Hudson Boy handball, for example, before the VAR era. <laughs> That would have been forgotten about within 10 seconds. One replay and been like, oh, it might have been a half. Especially if you're at the ground, you're not even going to know that happened. But yeah. now that he's going over to the monitor and looking okay, at it, I, I tell to you the what rules well. that there is, now that, that's why there's such an outlaw over it because he's he's been given the decision to make and he's made the wrong decision. But obviously before the what, AR era, the referee era would have been completely ignored because no one would have even cared about it, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Go on, Matt. What were you going to say there? Yeah, um, but I'll, I'll just say this as well. Like, I just, I if I'm if if I'm Hudson Odoi, right, I wouldn't want a penalty given for that sort of thing. But I think the most embarrassing thing is right. Ignore the decision. Ignore whether it was a penalty or not. The ref literally said that it was a penalty. But they... yeah, I mean, if if that's actually the case, then <laughs> wow, what 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 that is unbelievable. If that actually is the case, like what this is what we're sort of working with here. It's just so it's so funny to me. But yeah. Um it was such a weird sort of decision. Both of them. And again, it just shows the sort of of the referees and it improve otherwise. But I don't know, Tay, I don't think VR will be scrapped. Yeah. I don't I think mean, it should be. I I I had a quite a um, heated debate with my mate a, a while ago. I think it was um after one of the, the Monday night games or something. Um I just said you, you, it has to go. Like I liked it when it came in, and I like the idea of it now. But if it can't be used properly, I don't think it should be used at all. And yeah, there are going to be teething problems, but it frustrates me and the average viewer when you watch it and you can see what's going on, and you can't understand the incompetence of a lot of these officials. You can't seem to get it right. And I said, if they can't get it right, they shouldn't have it. Like you wouldn't give a man that can't drive, you know, a Lamborghini, would you? Because it would yeah. just be awful and they're ruining stuff. So I don't think it, it's hard because you asked me today and I'll say we should keep it. If you ask me after it turns over a Liverpool goal, I'll point it out. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's so, so subjective to how you do it. Well, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is. It... Yeah, I'm not the kind to sort of opinion because it's happened to my team. But I, I, I think VAR is a good thing. But like you said, if it can't be used properly, then what's the point in having it there makes everything so much worse really yeah. like uh, like before VAR the Hudson Odoi issue wouldn't have been an issue like if, and we've said this a few times on the pod if you were to make your own rules then if I was to make my own rules then that sort of thing wouldn't be a penalty because he's not and obviously the accidental handball thing is so subjective it just but, kind of stinks to even, give away a pen for that I guess yeah. like, the United players didn't even appeal, uh, appeal for it like it's like it's a fair pen by the rules and everything, but I'd also feel very frustrated if that sort of thing went against because it's such a like, it's just I don't even know. It's just such a strain. It should be given considering obviously the rest actually said it is a pen, but whatever. Anyways, I, just, I couldn't believe that quite. quite that is so just unbelievable. So embarrassing. I don't know. Is it real? Is it not? I love how short sure just completely trolled him out. But... <laughs> We'll see anyway. But yeah, then that's probably another they are on one week yeah. anyway. Um, can I? I post questions to oh. you, boys. I yeah, don't watch on. much Let's football outside of. I'm gonna be honest. I don't watch much football outside of England or France, right? Um, 
do I don't know how much you boys do, but is um would you say that it is mainly England having problems with it, or is it something you're picking up everywhere else? Because um, I don't know, teams have problems, sure. but just not as like frequent. Is it because is it because like we pay more attention, so it seems to be on a bigger stage? Well, a small sample size I could use is I catched a lit, I caught a little bit of the kickoff on Saturday in Syria. I can't remember what it was, but it was VAR, the red card. I was finding yeah. out. Uh, what Roma, it was now. No, it was was it Juve, Bologna, Lazio. That was it. They used VAR oh, for like. <laughs> A decision, and they looked at it once and gave the red. Was it a red? Yeah, yeah. right decision. But yeah, the English but refs have been months. looking at that for about eight years. But with respect, <laughs> there has been there has been a handful of times, and I and I stress a handful, where they have gone to the monitor in in games that I've watched in England, and they've got it right within a minute, and. I think as much as yeah. I don't, I don't want to sit there and applaud them because that's what they should be doing every time. So, Clap the ref. Yeah, you can't. You, it's like congratulating them for doing their job properly. But there has been a handful of times where it has been done, and I know I appreciate you said it was a small sample size, but uh, I, I don't know. Just, I just want to use that as an example because that was sort of yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's perfect, really. But yeah, yeah, I I haven't seen any any real clangers from foreign leagues, but I don't pay too much attention to be honest. Yeah, it's, obviously we're we're more focused on the Premier League, so we get your point. But I do think it's still perfect elsewhere, and it's not, yeah. So many sub, uh, decisions are subjective. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough on VAR. We'll move on to Liverpool, who got to win his. I know you weren't very confident going into the game, say. You said you weren't going to score a goal unless there was an individual error, but um, (laughs) it was a good good sort of win. Sheffield United played pretty well. Ramsdale made a couple of good saves, so it could have been more to be fair, but it was important for you to pick up three points with everyone else dropping points. Have you got anything you really want to say about the overall game? Yeah, I mean, it's just great to win again. Like I said, I wasn't confident and we actually played well for once. I mean, um, I don't know how how much often you guys watch us, but over the last few weeks when we have been dropping points, we've been playing the same dire, dire shape and it never seems to work. And yesterday was the first time in probably months that I've enjoyed, I've sat down and enjoyed a Liverpool game from start to finish. I mean, we were a little bit shaky at the back at times. What can you expect with our like, tw- like 13 centre-backs? Adrian and goal when you're enjoying it? Yeah, he actually think? had a fair game to him, so I can't... I don't, I'm not going to sit here and, you know... It was his little kick I thought he was okay, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I thought, I thought a lot of play. Yeah, I mean, for me, no, besides... The obvious. What a finish, my days. Besides, Firmino, besides no, the obvious striking ability of a child, I actually think he had he had a really good game yesterday. I know people won't like to hear that, but I said this to Joe last night. I don't think he. I think he. I think he's probably the worst striker in the Premier League, but he's pro- he's probably one of the better players. You know, out of out, as a selective. His technical ability is he's, unbelievable. He's second, he's a great second player. to none in the Premier League, but he's not. A, he's not a striker. Like he should have scored. I don't know why he took even a touch or tried to play it back. I, I saw a second picture of that this morning, and in fairness, he should have shot. But I can see what he was trying to do. I was yeah, it was easy it. to say, isn't it? But yeah. yeah, you can see what you were trying to do. But I think on the, at the time, he's got a rattle. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what I mean. He just, he just doesn't have that that instinct, does he? 
but I thought the few stand-up players, I thought Trent was excellent again yesterday. Yeah, He's really yeah. starting he to play very well. again now. Yeah. Um, I thought Curtis Jones was good. I thought Wijnaldum was excellent, actually. Um, I thought, I thought, Wait, well, I thought no are matter, we starting a new Curtis Jones podcast? Curtis Jones are <laughs> coming soon. Um, but no, <laughs> no matter what Twitter will have you believe, Thiago's actually a good footballer, occasionally. Oh, it actually annoys, I hate his slander. It's so like he it's just so does his job. Pointless. He does his job perfectly. Like he wasn't excellent, but he didn't do anything wrong. And it's oh, you know, like what's it called? Imagine repulls or something. Like, I just, Genuinely, I did. Why I would did players want to actually come to this league? <laughs> 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 I like yeah. you, you got you come from Bayern Munich. One of the best midfielders in the world joined Liverpool. And you're getting treated. Yeah, like, you're getting treated like, like yeah. It's, I, yeah, I, I mean, this is a league where a player who's like Bruno Fernandes is putting up numbers similar to Messi, and he still gets slandered. So like, <laughs> yeah, you can't. I mean, Raheem Sterling also yeah. still gets slandered. Yeah, you can't so, really get yeah, with anything. People so. people still say like Mohamed Salah isn't world class. Like, like okay. <laughs> oh, Salah as well. Like, what? I, 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 I've said it time and time again. I'm not his biggest fan, but it's the most idiotic thing you can say. Like, if you. He's an elite attacker. He's, got, he's, still, the, he's still the Premier League's top goal scorer yeah. this season and he's not even playing that well. That is so mad. Yeah. And I think him, it, it will really go like really well for his legacy for him to be the one player who's really still out for you even in a uh, declining season. Yeah, well, even, like I say, even if he, what's it called? Um, even if he never scores for us again, if he leaves or gets injured or whatever, he's still written his name in the Premier League books. Like, he's yeah, got 100, 100 Premier League goals now. Um, highest goal scorer. I mean, I don't want to just make this all about Salah, but you know, it's talking about. I mean, on Salah, just to pose like a quick question, it's quite a hard one to answer because obviously we went alive or didn't watch like certain players. But where do you think he ranks in like, I'd say, wingers in the last like 20 years, maybe 10, 15 years? It's hard to say. He's a different kind of winger, though, isn't he? Because like wingers have evolved so much. So, like, obviously, the winger. Example was so based on like trickery, like actual wing play, whereas Salah's more of like a forward. But like you can't, yeah. you can't debate the fact that he has to be up there just because of the incredible output. And people act like he's an output merchant, as people to say, but he's definitely not. Like I thought, he had a game without scoring. I think one of the, I think at the start of this season, that was one of his best versions of him. Yeah, and he's still being brilliant, but like his physical game was really impressive to me. Yeah, no, I could agree with that. Yeah, I just wanted to pose a little question might be a bit of Jones who was very very good yesterday I thought I was very impressed with him and his post-match interview as well was very touching about how he spoke about Alison's father and that obviously we wish him and his family all the best after that awful news but yeah uh, I know Tay you're a massive fan of him aren't you yeah I mean, like, you've had him for a long time yeah I think I think he's just one of them players that in, in a squad of workhorses in midfield he does you, you can just see like I think um Graham Souness like summed it up perfectly last night he is like one of the players in the squad that can pick up the ball and drive with it um I think he's trying to learn to be a lot more disciplined as well because he was a, he was a winger at youth level but it's but, weird it's nice watching him try I think the first game I played uh, I played. I watched uh, Jones play when he came on as a sub or something. I thought he really was like one of the players to really like drive you forward and offer something different. And then I think the next few games he kind of just went into the same sort of you know what Liverpool midfield it yeah. is. Um, you don't just, get many midfielders you know, like that. High press, high do you? Like, no, that's players why players actually try for the ball. That's that, that's what, especially in Liverpool's team, yeah. that's what I really like because and it's really needed, especially against teams like Burnley. Well, on... You've really well, got to touch it on, on the new yeah. shape again. Like I say, I think it's suiting him perfectly. 
because um gave him a lot more freedom out on the left with Wijnaldum and Thiago sort of holding. And like I say, he was a left winger in his youth career, so he's good at he's good at cutting in. He's he's physical enough, like he's technical enough. He's really good in tight spaces, and I think he's a really complete, intelligent. Yeah, that's what I mean. He knows where to be as well. And I know a lot of a lot of even Liverpool fans will get on his back on Twitter, and I don't get it. Like it's, again, it just goes back to Twitter being weird. Like. He's one, you've got one of the best like young young English players like playing for your team who was born in born in Liverpool, you know. So I mean, the Scousers love him, but some people's like just because he doesn't because he's not putting up Phil Foden numbers, they're like don't rate him. I think it's kind of a similar story for how people were with Mount. Yeah, yeah. Um, they refuse to like some people. Some people just seem to be edgy and refuse to rate certain English players just because they're English. Yeah. Like English tax is heavy, but then like sometimes some English players get disrespected because they're English. Yeah. It's a bit of a yeah. talking of um, English. Then what? What do you think? Outside shot of the Euros because that that is an area that we are lacking in. Very outside. But you, like if, if you're if players like James Ward Prowse are like in contention, then should Curtis Jones should be in contention. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think it's that, just but how if much you, you give me the choice like, to Southgate, I'll probably take Ward Prowse. Well, I'm not just saying Ward Prowse in general, but like Harry Winks gets England call ups and stuff like that. But then, yeah. yeah, one thing, one thing you've also got to bear in mind though is there's so many young talents you need experience as well in that, in that mix. Someone like Harry Winks is not the player I'm talking about in that regard. <laughs> um, well, so you know, Southgate. How many, how many spots it, is yeah. it? Is it twenty? Twenty two. 23 man squad, 23, three yeah. goalkeepers, probably eight defenders if you're playing a full back. Yeah. So if you're talking centre midfielders, you're probably taking about four. I, I just reckon. think I just think there's too many good players. Only I think four. there's too many good players. Would you, you put Mount in that centre midfield room? You've like, got um I know just, just name it. I know Greenish technical wing up Greenish, Madison, yeah, it's just Oh, we're talking about Well yeah, even even like even if he's gonna play on the left, you've got players like Harvey Barnes over him. It's like it's really hard to get in a single team in a minute. Oh, Harvey Barnes, I hope. I think he's out for like six mm. weeks, so that could also be a big blow for him. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. I don't, I, I'd lo- don't get me wrong, I'd love to see it, but I think, I don't know, I think it's, he, he might get, I think he'll shot. get a call up within the next year or two in like a friendly or something, but I think his game will improve. But I, I think he'll be a bit too early. Yeah, to there's, there's to just the so many better players in front of him at the minute, and that's no credit, that's no like discredit to him, it's just. You know, he he has just a, just too early for a tournament like that with the quality they yeah. have. Well, yeah, very unbiased view from uh, you there today. I expect that. Don't see that very often. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll move on now to the league leaders, City, who won again against West Ham, and it was a good, it was a good win to be fair because I thought West Ham played very well in the game. See, they're in very good form at the moment, and Dan's not with us uh, today, so. We'll talk about John Stones for him. Obviously, he scored the winning goal. When he I've given him player of the year shouts, and all I'm saying is he's proving my point. Yeah, I see him and Diaz both on the score. I think that was Diaz's first goal actually, which surprised me. Mm-hmm. Thought we'd score four, but um, yeah, when they don't keep clean, they both bang one into the other end, and yes, they're just they are a machine at the moment. To be fair, and it's so odd because they haven't even had a consistent attacker all season, really. I say. I think Sterling's been the most consistent. He had a rough patch at the start, so he still hasn't scored. Like I don't even think he's got to ten Premier League goals yet, has he? But I don't even think, really I think sure. Gundogan's their highest scorer with like eleven. Yeah, he is. He's got seven, <laughs> eight, seven, seven, eight in the league. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's impressive. City, obviously, there's not there's not too much there. I'll say they're running away from the league now. Twelve. Points. They nearly they nearly drew to be fair at the last minute. Um, yeah, Diop missed oh, really. Diop really should have scored that, but. 
that's that's here neither here nor there. But I think City needed to get through that good. Not even just the fact they're playing a tough West Ham team. I don't think they were that good City. I think they were quite off it because of that European games midweek had to rest some important players like Sterling and stuff. So I think it's just important they got the three points and that was that. And obviously Aguero back to the starting eleven fully is great to see for football. Yeah, you don't want to judge him off that, but he didn't look great, did he? I don't want to be too no, critical, but but I, th- I think that's kind of a given at the moment. It's, whether he comes back fully, like to a you know a very good goal scorer, or whether I, I'm not really too sure how it will be, but I doubt he'd come back so quick anyway. I, I just think if he stays, level. if he stays too much longer, it won't ruin his legacy, of course, but it might deaden it a little bit because I think I it's just having him around though. Like, yeah, I suppose, but he's probably he's been on and off of injuries for the last year or so. But whenever he has played, he hasn't looked great. Well, he needs to. City needs to do what Lukaku, um, Aguero, swapped him. Yeah, it's not a bad shout. I Aguero could see Aguero just going back to Argentina, though, honestly. I'd... Yeah, he, he would, but Aguero I could... would do better. I think if City were to win the Champions League this year, I feel like they'd mo- uh, let him move on. Yeah. I think that's I sort of the aim. That. They want to win the Champions League with him because they obviously haven't won the Champions League and Silver and company have gone without winning it. And I think they want to try and send Aguero off by winning it. It would make sense, to be fair, but... We'll talk about the Manchester Derby a little bit more in the next ep- uh, episode because we're probably getting another one out before them, but that's quite a daunting task at the moment. Do the nil-nil. <laughs> Another nil-nil, eh? <laughs> yeah. Or Obviously a City going to make it. Shock. Would United actually win that one? It was, I mean, nah. nah, we won't score. <laughs> nah, I, I, doubt, um, <laughs> yeah. I strongly doubt that one. <laughs> I, I think, think, yeah, I'm, I think I'm in, that's it. In the midst of the... Um... Controversy. We seem to forget that the baggies picked up another big three points. No one's. All right, on to the next topic. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Obviously, <laughs> no, then Brighton is two pens as well. Yeah, it just goes to oh show. God. Right, they love even if West Ham go. Down, West, sorry, even if West Brom go down, like the steps they've made since Big Sam's come in, like you can't. I think since the January Jesus, window, more so, they look so much better. With like, I think it's Yosselu. Obviously, yes, I'm Maitland Niles. They got an actual goal scorer, even if he's a big consistent. He's a, like, he's a bit of a He's a decent return, hasn't he, so far? Uh, I mean, where I looked a few weeks ago and he had one goal and one assist, and he still has. But, I mean, for a West Brom side, I don't think that's anything to turn your nose up at. No, but he should have scored about 16 in the United game, so I guess that is probably why you would turn your nose up at that part. No, I think West Brom just. I think West Brom recruited well for. Um, the January window, which has allowed them to have any sort of chance at surviving relegation. Yeah, I mean, they're still. I think they still need another win within the next few weeks to get them back into the. I mean, I, I know I said they stay up, and you know what, I still think they will. But they are, they are a few, still a few points behind Fulham. I mean, when they're getting that sort of luck, but then got, they didn't get the luck got, last They do season, have a decent run of games. Week, they do have a decent run of games. Home, uh, home to Everton, home to Newcastle, or away, away to Palace. They could definitely win one of those. Yeah. Just, um, just quickly though, on Brighton, like obviously, we all rate Potter on this pod, but how long can you call it unlucky? Like I know obviously they missed two penalties and all that, and I know they're massively underperforming their expected goals and expected points and stuff like that. But yeah. you, I saw I saw an interesting tweet the other day that a lot of people were sort of taking a dig at. But I could sort of see where the guy was coming from. I, I saw it, guys but I don't agree this, at yeah. But they said that they sort of might need to start creating different chances. My biggest, my biggest way of countering that is what Pep said a few years ago. My job is to get you to the final third. Your job is to finish. I think yeah, that's, that's the true. biggest, that the, mo- the most clear way of putting it. Because realistically, 
Potter clearly doesn't have the players who can finish. And Neil Mapai just isn't it. Yeah, I can agree with that. You say that. <laughs> Who's oh, I just still Josh wow. Madger from Fulham. They'd probably actually be scoring so many more goals. This is completely hypothetical, but I um I came up with it in my own head the other day for some random reason. The fact that if, you, if um Greenwood were to ever go on loan there, I think I think yeah, he's, I think thinking. he scored like easy double digits in that league. But easy. yeah, I, I, I saw someone on their private tweet that a week ago. I'm not sure what I'd, I think for a season next year because next year sort of we're still going to have Cavani. Yeah. Still gonna I don't think it's the worst move. Mind that for a season, yeah, because yeah. you could send him out there and then bring him back and as make as, him our main nine. Yeah, because as long as they go, he go, as long as you tell them, you have to play him as you know a number nine. A nine. So, I think they would though. To be yeah. fair, he's miles out of anything they've got. Yeah. But he'd be so clinical though. So obviously, if, if they right were to, to go down, which isn't among the uh, realms of possibility, obviously with Fulham picking up a little bit, I think they're bound to get a good form going. I know we've been saying that, but I think it really is bound to happen very soon. They've just been really unlucky. Obviously, I mean two missed. Two missing two pens isn't exactly unlucky by you know any stretch because that's their own doing, but it's unlucky in the fact that you just never would expect it. it's very improbable to happen in the game. So I think their luck will come soon. Yeah, you'd like to think so. If they were to go down, they'd be one of the best sides to go down in a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's their um? What's their fixture this season? I'm not sure. I'll get up quickly, but yeah, Potter, I'm a big fan of, and he's the sort of person I like they've got, um, the they got, Le- got Leicester Southampton Newcastle then United interesting yeah. I remember they called United opportunities there especially with Leicester's injuries which just, we'll actually just, get on just in just on Leicester quickly right? I never normally rant about one individual person on Twitter but I've seen it during the rounds it's even made it to my Facebook now so I'm going to bring it up um I think it was a betting a betting account. William Hill or something tweeted with all the list of Leicester's injuries, and it's like, oh, this player's injured, this player's injured, this player's injured. Oh yeah, why are they, they adding? Put, and then they put someone quoted it and put, oh, at least they're not sat there moaning like another club. And whether it was a joke or not, they act like they haven't been knocked out of Europe and then smacked by Arsenal since that. All, all that's happened. Like, they've been awful since their injuries, and they're probably. I I don't even know how long Madison and Co are out for, but do you even back them to finish top four in the form they're in? Like, they. I mean, I mean, no, appreciate they I've, are very. I've not backed them to get top four the whole season, but I felt like they maybe could have because of the form they're going now and everything yeah. they are. But they're not. They feel a bit like a false image to be Vardy's honest. Vardy's been really. Vardy's Obviously, been injuries have really disappointing like, this season. He's, he's he has a decent goal return. And I know he's never been. Mate, he's never been a player. Arsenal's his most scored past club, and he still didn't score against us. Yeah, so like, in my eyes, he's, I yeah, think yeah, we, we spoke about this a lot, though, haven't we? And I think a lot, a lot of it. But I said like a month or two ago that I thought Leicester would get top four. I think Chelsea were not great. We weren't great. And I I thought, yeah, they'll get in because everyone else isn't very good. But now you've got us pretty much nailed on. You'd have Chelsea on a resurgence. Liverpool obviously still there. Like, they could miss out. I don't know. I think it's definitely a possibility they'll still stay in. But We'll take their slot. (laughs) Nah, I'm probably going to. Well, we'll talk about Leicester after as well because obviously we played. Yeah, no, you. I just Arsenal. Yeah, go for win it. for Arsenal. Okay, if, um, you, played, you played well. Got, got a shower on my brain. Yeah, go for um, it. What you got to say? Wh- one thing I'm really, one thing I really like as well. Uh, that's two games in a row we've gone behind and retaliated really well, um, which is important. And when we go ahead, I never really feel that nervous that we're going to go behind again. Like, whenever we go ahead, we seem to... I think game management's on point from Arteta, especially late on, just to do whatever you need to to, to get the three points over the line. Um, 
which I think is important. But just in general with the actual game, I think we dominated them from start to finish. The goal they scored was not a fluke, but I'd say but it was woeful defending. Dingo was down, good pressing on the right hand side, and that was that. Um, the penalty was rightfully overruled. Uh, it was outside the area. Then we got a pen, which is a stone wall pen scored, and um, Erdegaard's involvement for the third goal was really nice. And I think the the main talking point, I think the most pleasing thing as well, actually, I'll say is. When you have a when you have a win against a team of Leicester's caliber, where they are in the league at least, where you you don't see a bad performance and you feel like at least five players drop like an eight out of ten or seven out of ten performance, it's not like oh there's one clear man in the match here, um, and I think the two players I've got to talk about the most, um, one is Willian, uh, as as we all know, I'm not really a big fan of him, but all, all I want is for players to play well, you know. Um, and the other is obviously Nicholas Pepe. I've been a huge fan of, but I was losing a bit of faith in um, after that Leeds incident and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm just really happy to see them thriving, particularly um, Pepe, because he's one of my favourite players. Has been for for a while. A little, but... little bit, um, yes, a little bit um, lesser credited. I just want to talk about Arsenal's defence quickly. I didn't watch. I, I didn't watch a lot of the game. I saw bits of it, but I saw one. One point one of obviously Mary absolutely smoking Vardy in a foot race. That was really good to see. Oh, that was. I'm not saying it because of the goal. In my opinion, David Luiz is the most underrated player in the Premier League like the last five years. You know what, right? After the Wolves thing, after the Wolves game, sorry, I think I did tweet out like, "Don't give this guy a new contract." But like, the more I watch him, the more I'm like, "When does this guy actually ever have bad games anymore?" It feels like the more if he cuts the mistakes out of his game, which he has done recently, he goes to show what a good player he is. Realistically, right? I think one of his best performances this season came against Man United. I think it was. Leicester was obviously great again. Um, he seems perfect for the big games, obviously. I mean, realistically, just very consistent generally. And I think it's pretty wild to say that someone like him is one of our best defenders now. Um, but one thing I thought is worth uh, mentioning, I thought, saw, which was quite interesting, I'll just get out now, a table since Christmas um, of the Premier League, the top eight, I think it is. Um, yeah, here we go. So you've got Villa at eight with seventeen points, seventh Chelsea eighteen, sixth Leeds eighteen, fifth Leicester twenty-two, fourth Arsenal twenty-three, United third twenty-three, West Ham second twenty-four, and City obviously thirty-nine, which is wild. But it it just goes to show that league position for us this season is unbelievably misleading now, because it's so hard to judge us now or for us to really do too much just because of that start. Um which was obviously we got unlucky. Obviously, it was a lack of discipline and, you know, there were all, all the sorts. But the main thing is we didn't have a creative midfielder. And you never realise quite how deep it is until you actually play with a creative yes, midfielder. I can tell you that for, as a Liverpool fan, like when, when we never have a creative midfielder and when we do, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like nothing you've ever seen before. Oh, we had that. You moment. go from like one dimensional, boring, yeah, deep blocks. Yeah, and then you bring in Bruno or even for us like Smith Rowe, Erdegaard, Neepa. Have you ever played the midfield three of Matic, so. Fred, and McTominay, Ethan? Because that sounds horrible. We had Matic, McTominay, and Herrera. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> that's probably the two white courses and a defensive player. That's like. Yeah, it's, it was. I saw, I saw just like, quickly on, on Fred, yeah. I heard someone say he was Sri Lankan the other day and it had me. Had me <laughs> so. I heard someone. I heard someone say, where's he from? And in the polls, no. Yeah, he's not Brazilian, is he? So, yeah, it's a bit off topic anyway. Ecuadorian, <laughs> um, Norwich. Josh from Sri Lanka. What I'm saying is, 
Willick Williams putting in his in a Brazilian. Do you see him drop that Leicester player? Luke Thomas. But, um, <laughs> I think it was oh Luke Thomas had the time of his life against Pepe. Pepe skinned him so many One times. Thing I, um, the one no. thing I did want to just say quickly on Arsenal before we move on is um, the one thing that, well, the main thing I think our test deserves a lot of credit for was your defence. Obviously, the goal was a bit of a shambles, like a bit all over the place. But after that, I thought you recovered really well. And obviously, I think you've got the second or third thing is the best record in the league. Yeah. And considering, you know, Tierney is obviously good, but Gabriel is being good. But other than that, like, you look at your sort of defence, and especially before this season, everyone would have been like, hmm, Louise there, holding there, marrying there. You know, it's impressive that your defensive record, and obviously a lot of the time he's been a bit pragmatic and sort of sacrificed the attack a little bit, especially earlier in the season. But I feel like it's important to mention yeah. how good that record is. Obviously, it's I a still good feel like I, 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 definitely. I, I think it's great that you know our defensive record has always been really good this season. Um, but I, I still feel like Arteta is criminally underrated as a coach, and I think rival fans like using our league position as a way of downplaying him. Like they'll be like, oh, you're ninth, you're tenth, you're eleventh, you're twelfth, whatever. It's not good showing. Don't get me wrong. It's really not. But the two the two instances which have really messed up uh, our season at the Wolves game, which was tragic for us, because um, we I think we were being like three points off top six at that point uh, if we won that game. Um, and the seven games early on where we went to seven games losing or drawing, whatever it was, I can't even remember, but. It's just those streets. I'm pretty confident if we had Smithrow or Odegaard from the start of the season, it would be an absolutely different outlook for the team. And it's really frustrating to say that because, you know, it's such if and buts and fine margins and stuff like that. But I really do think our squad is better than people think, but we do need the clutch players and we need the consistency badly. Like, it's by no means some top squad. I feel like next season's big season is bad. Because obviously, whatever way you want to put it, whatever it was last season, eighth, and probably about that again this season isn't good for a club of Arsenal stature. I think Arteta has no put himself in the league Definitely. a bit more and obviously this season's pretty much gone, so next season's the big one and you really need to sort of get a push. I'm, I don't know if you'll get top four because I wouldn't say you have a top four squad in the league, but like at least beat up there and no. then you can kick on from there, sort of make the next step. Uh, the thing is, right, this season... Um, Considering how the league is and stuff, I wouldn't even say top four was out of the question not too long ago. But now it'll be incredibly hard to come by and I think top six will be the same. But we have got is also worth noting, we've got what five very tough fixtures. We've got Burnley, which we should win. Sheffield United we should also win later on. Spurs, who knows, Liverpool, we usually do well at home against them, so who knows? Um and West Ham as well, which would be a tough game, probably draw or something. But after that, I think we played one top six side, if that, in the last month or two. Yeah, I've got it up now. Your so last that really could be an opportunity. Newcastle, West Brom, Chelsea, Crystal Palace and Brighton. So it is a nice run in. Yeah. You're, if if you if you go life. into those games about four or five points on top four, then obviously you know what but you just gotta keep doing your job and hope other teams drop points, I suppose. If do you think, do you think Liverpool will still make the top four? I think mm. oh, I said I said they wouldn't. This is my weird thing about Liverpool, right? I said they wouldn't. I was worried for how badly they could do. But then I think after one result, they won. I was thinking maybe I've said this well, we wrong. We tricked everyone with West Ham. Well, I was better. about to say that. Every time you win against West Ham, that was it. This is and a turning Spurs. point. And then you end up going and losing the next one. <laughs> you need If you beat Chelsea, yeah, that's it'll a... be far more of a statement, I think, for you. That will prove to people. Like, is that Anfield? Yeah. That doesn't mean they're as bad as that. Anymore, sounds, you really need a win at, at Anfield. No, it's the opposite, in my opinion. You really need a win. I feel like that's the really sort of game to kickstart. I can see us losing to be honest. Our centre backs. If uh, you beat Chelsea, right? 
I don't think a draw is good enough either, right? Um, considering like you need to you need to get out of this. You need you need to get out of this winless run at Anfield, basically. If you beat um, Chelsea at Anfield, I think that's a big point to prove to the rest of the league. Like, yeah, we've gone for a really tough run, but we'll be back. You know, Jota was ill, but he's pretty much back now. I think obviously Jones emerging back in, catered back. Yeah, yeah. getting catered back is actually huge. And Jota is back, but he was ill the other day. Big up him playing FIFA. Going completely off topic there because he went Arsenal Leicester, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was um, pretty much. I think that's about all there yeah, is to say. Yeah, about Arsenal anyway. Um, just quickly, the last sort of game we want to touch on before we get into our European rounder was Spurs against Burnley 4-0. Finally, some good attacking football from Spurs. It's been a long time coming in the Premier League and Gareth Bale was a big part of playing out of Seaford. Two goals and one Owen. Obviously, we know what he can do and we haven't seen it at all this season, but obviously, if he if he stays fit and is firing, I don't see how anyone could say Spurs haven't got a good team. Like that's from three oh, games. who are we talking about here again? Harry Kane. Gareth Bale, Bale, yeah. But, yeah. Oh, Gareth Bale, sorry. I was I was doing, no, I'm not commenting about Bale yet because he's, he's no, no disrespect to him here either. He's always going to take a bit of time to adapt, quite, quite a lot of time. But he's got a few goal contributions against Wolfsburger, who were absolutely inferior to Spurs. And he scored a brace against Burnley, which is impressive, but I don't want to jump to conclusions yet until I, you know, but he's, but he's, 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 he's in his best form since he's come back, like by far. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, you'd like to see, think he's got his sort of spot on the team now, which I feel like he should have had anyway, to be fair, because I think Bale with one leg's better than Bergwijn, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. <laughs> Bergwijn's um, end product, yeah, disappointing for me. I liked him as a player, but see, Bale being back is a massive bonus. Came with a goal as well, and too much to say. Spurs is all in the same Arsenal. Work to get top yeah, I went to watch that game. Saw one nil in two minutes. I thought, like, okay, then. Yes. Um, so like what two nil in ten minutes. I thought, like, yeah, okay, goodbye. I'm not watching that. Well, Spurs, well, no, it's yeah. Spurs did a professional. If they were to get top four, Burnley it would be a bit well. of an outsider. I mean, you can't fully write them off, no. but you wouldn't expect. Yeah, them. Burnley. Yeah, like you said, they're sort of. We play them next. They better not bend over for Spurs and then. You know, give us the time of our lives, on, wouldn't it? But they're they're only five points out of the. We're good at tough now. Though, so. They seem to get. Like, I remember they beat Palace a few weeks five ago, points. and everybody's like, really? everybody's like, yeah, that's it. They're going to pull away, and then they fell off again. And pff, it'd be interesting because they've got five points. That's mad. It feels like they've really turned the corner after the Arsenal game, but maybe not so as much as I thought. Well, that's the thing. They, you always feel like they're going to be set. They're always about five points, but they drop aren't they? Yeah, they got Leicester on yeah, Everton next, they, they so they managed. really need to start picking up some points. Oh, All right, so they get demolished by Arsenal, beat Leicester, <laughs> the Everton sound. <laughs> yeah, be, I'll that. <laughs> be an interesting run. Yeah. They need to start picking up some points. But yeah, that's pretty much it for the Premier League. So quickly before we wrap up, we'll speak about the European leagues. And there wasn't too many shocks around this weekend. I think the game of the weekend was probably in the Leipzig-Gladbach game, which is very intriguing. 2-0 to 3-2. Yeah, and then Leipzig came back in the second half with, I believe, it was a late winner. Wasn't it Saul? Uh, yes, came it on was. He scored in the 90th minute, I believe, to win. And that was massive for them because it kept the gap to two points. Crazy. So they're still in the title race. And Bayern won as well against Cologne. I think, I think we need to talk about the most competitive league yeah. in the world. Actually, I'll say Barca Sevilla as well. Won. Barca were very dominant. I watched it on my laptop. Barca 2-0. Very, very, very good. And Messi obviously was huge. And Dembele had a great game. But 
anyways, um, on that actually, we'll Liga, Liga what, what a league. It's very, very what disrespect in Liga. I, I love Liga. And I've always really liked it as well. Like, I think it's great. Um, and a lot of people like to call it a farmer's league, which is laughable. But anyways, um, off top of there. Um, so, Leon played Marseille. I think that's the most standout game of the yeah. There were some other results, obviously, which we can talk about after. But I watched uh, Leon Marseille, and I mean, considering I hate Marseille and I have got a soft spot for Leon, it <laughs> doesn't abide too well for the fact we only drew. But it's, I think the biggest talking point as well, from the, it's, along with the whole VAR discussion and everything, is um, Paqueta. I don't know if you guys I've watched the, the game before yeah. the incidents. He, like, it doesn't make any sense to me how you can give it. Okay. So, um, just for you guys who didn't see it, um, I can't remember who it was. He shot the ball, hit Paquette's chest, and I think onto like another part of his he body and then hit his arm back as well. To block it, didn't he? I yeah. think so, but it came off his back first before it hit it was his definitely- arm. So there's no way he can control it. And with him, get sent off later and get oh, for a second. Yeah, the funniest part is as well. Yeah, we'll get to that in a sec. But the funniest part is as well. He's trying to show chest marks to the ref, be like, "Oh, this is where the ball hit me." But the ref was just like, "Mate, I don't care. <laughs> You're gone, mate." <laughs> like, uh, and then surely, so he gave a yellow for that, which is hilarious. But sh- obviously, it was a stupid tackle. It's a justified second yellow. Um, but surely the ref should factor in. All right, you're you're skating on thin ice now. You'll have your last warning now. Because if I was maybe quite harsh on you in the first decision, surely that should be factored in. Like, it doesn't really make any sense to me. And then also, like, there are a few <laughs> brawls or fights towards the end of the game, which are pretty crazy. That Alvaro guys, just a troublemaker, would last a second in the prem with wrestling. But that is yeah, there was that's quite a few that's on there really is in the big picture. Like, they drop below PSG, and as soon as you drop below PSG, you're in trouble, let's be fair. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a mental aspect. But Lille uh, actually drew as well, so it's disappointing to them. They only drew it, they would let on, I believe. They drew, so PSG made up ground with their win this weekend. And Did Mbappe get uh, I think he scored one. I'm not sure if he got two. Did he get two? Standard. Who did uh, Nims, I think it was Nims. No, Dijon. Dijon. Interesting. My bad. Yeah, Dijon, 4 0. Oh, there! I feel bad for. Oh, don't feel bad. That's a complete lie. But they're on like nine points or something. Oh yeah, that's they're pretty boring. And they, yeah, so you just bet. Obviously, they're still two points having at the end of the season and it towards the PSG little game. So that I feel like if Leo have got, like I said a minute ago, they've got to be above them after that game. Like if drop below PSG or run away with it, but. More chance there is of causing an upset, and we keep saying they're going to fall off. And we've said this every week for about a month and a half now, and Lille are still up there. So fair play to them, but fair play to them still up there as well. Mind they got to win this weekend. They're only four. But what a title race! Was it like ten, five, six points? Four points separating four teams. Fourth. Yeah, so that's very wild. Even time for tuning in twenty games. I'd highly recommend it. But yeah. um Behind in the other league, obviously Syria. I think Milan, Milan beat Roma last night. And then Inter got a pretty comfortable win over Genoa. So tight race is still on there. Lukaku, R nine region. We need to have a conversation, <laughs> if you like. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, three three extra <laughs> yeah. on the score sheet for Inter, which is interesting. That was very funny. Ashley Young just needed the fourth, but unfortunately, imagine. Can't get it. It's still four point gap between them. It was a big win to, uh, for Milan to keep them in the race. Juve 
lot of droops so that our temples are drifted into Juve are just so disappointing like, I never thought they'd get near the title of the season they're not very good at all I think last year winning it was a bit of a miracle as well yeah they're yeah. Um, they are really struggling at the moment so it's looking like a two horse race uh, yeah I think that pretty much wraps up today I think we've covered everything haven't we yeah, I think that's yeah, so, um, about all there is to it. Thank you very much for listening, as always, and we apologise about the error last time. We will try our best for that not to happen again, but everything pretty much went wrong that could have gone wrong. But yeah, we appreciate well, you. And is there any, any time quick? Um, any predictions tonight? The only game on? Everton, Southampton? Yeah. Oh, big up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. I'll go, I think Everton should win that, considering Southampton. I think there's a few midweek games. Yeah, yeah, there. that we'll be talking about that next. So... Win tonight, you think Southampton yeah, will bang yeah. out for him? I need a child. Yeah. Yeah, I need a child to score as well. I've captained him. Bit um, bold, but... I need. I can't. I'd like Southampton to win. Just yeah. they've been unlucky. So, yeah. yeah. But I like winning that one though. Be... If anyone's made the same mistake in captain Bruno, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I I have him in my FPL, but I don't use FPL. Like I still have Vardy and Harry Kane. <laughs> I'm having this, yeah, I'm having this thing, guy. I left Bamford in. Who's played one game? Two oh, he's points. Bench this week. I'm doing all right. Check, anyway. Two points. Nice. Uh, this is definitely yeah, this is a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> podcast. If you need any tips, just hit us up. But yeah, uh, talking of hitting us up, at Big Six Pod on Twitter, as always, any suggestions or feedback on there, much appreciated. And we'll be doing more sort of tweets on there. So any support on there is very much appreciated. Yeah, involved. And um as always, we are looking for guests potentially in the future. So if you're interested in that, just let us know and we'll consider. So, but yeah, for tuning in. I hope you guys all stay. If you're from England, we've had some good news over the last week that we might finally be able to have our lives back in the summer. But don't worry, Big Six Pod will live on. But yeah, um, thanks very much for listening, guys. Hope you're all well. Take care and I'll see you next time.